The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the part of the rock and roll. The spell you run now. We'll be broken by Chris Jericho. All right, the People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride. Boom, oh yeah, baby. Boom, boom, I like your style. Why don't you just talk to me, yeah? Bound for a little while. Bound, 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 bound. Oh, baby, it's a quarter to eight. Feel like I'm in the mode. Yeah, baby, the hour is late. I feel I've got to move. Bound and out, now, 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 now. Bound and out, now, now, that was an attempt at rush in the mood. Uh, you could tell my voice is shot. It's hoarse. Too much yelling over the past week. Uh, great WWE live events in Edmonton, Calgary. Raw last night in Houston. I'm sore. I'm tired. Uh, had a great match with Seth Rollins. A fun promo with Stephanie and Triple H. Bringing back the classic uh, filthy, dirty, disgusting, brutal, bottom-feeding trash bag. Oh, Good times last night. Good times today. Scorpions, amazing shredder. One of the most underrated guitar players of all time. Matthias Jobs is here. Also got Christian and Snooks together for the first time ever. Since that fateful phone call when Christian paid off his school loan and told Snooks to have a nice life. You remember? If you've listened to the Christian episode of Talk is Jericho, you heard all about it. Then you heard Snooks' rebuttal. Or rebuttal, I guess you'd say, on the Eve podcast. Now, together, face-to-face, Christian and Snooks are going to duke it out 
right here on Talk is Jericho. Will it end up in fisticuffs or in friendship? I guess we'll find out. But before we really get going, I want to give a big thank you to all of you who've subscribed, rated, and reviewed Talk is Jericho on iTunes. Say hey to Extreme Pig and Juggaloo9990. I'm talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the five-star ratings. Appreciate that. Dylan in Brisbane commented, fantastic podcast. I love listening to it. Thanks, man. And Ultimate Matt and James Card also left comments and a five-star rating. Thanks to everybody for subscribing and for spreading the word. Let's keep it rolling. Big ups to all my Jericho-holics out there. Uh, and thanks to everybody who came to the Whiskey A Go-Go this past Thursday in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Sold it out. Amazing show. Uh, such a, a great crowd. And so much fun uh, the whole week for the Do You Want to Start a War kickoff. Uh, the record, we will find out tomorrow, I guess, where it stands in the charts. So hopefully it's our biggest chart position ever. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to iTunes. Go to Amazon through the Talk is Jericho link at the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Or go buy it in Best Buy. You get a free Fozzie bandana. If you do that, go to FYE. You get a free Fozzie patch. If you do that, if you want them both, then go buy them both. I've bought multiple copies of the CD. I always buy my CD. It's like you got to vote for yourself if you're running for president too but the record has just been kicking off huge great reviews uh, a couple bad reviews but you're always going to get that who cares um all i care about is what the fans think and you guys have been over the top with your compliments with your uh, pleasantly surprised attitudes i think it's taken a lot of people by storm the diversity on do you want to start a war uh, began with lights go out went all the way through to, to do you want to start a war one crazy anarchist of course everybody talking Everybody's talking about SOS, the cover of ABBA that we did. That's the one that really uh, put people into shock. And uh, let's check it out now. Uh, people have been talking. You want to hear it again? Here's your chance. This is SOS, as done by Fozzie after you want to start a war. Crank it up. Here we go. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. I understood It used to be so nice It used to be so good
Alright, what a tune! Lots of people saying it's their favorite on the record. I think just because it's such a outside-of-the-box type of an idea to do uh, an ABBA song. Not exactly what you would expect from a hard rock band, and that's exactly why we did it, and that's exactly why it works. So if you've checked out SOS, if you like it, go uh, go buy it on iTunes. Um, if you don't like it, then go F yourself, eh? Uh, also going to be uh, in San Antonio this Sunday for WWE Raw live event. Then, of course, heading over to Austin for more uh, Raw. And then heading over to Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth. Looking forward to hitting Australia. been there three or four times uh, with Fozzie since I've been there last with the WWE, but it's been a long time coming uh, since I wrestled there. Looking forward to it, Jericho versus Wyatt. So much more to come, but first, also, we got to get down and dirty. Snooks and Christian are going to settle their differences by hook or by crook. Let's check it out. Okay, I'm here uh, in the studio, and a few weeks ago, I had Christian on the show, and Christian told a story about Snooks, the uh, loan officer who uh, basically buried him back in his early days of wrestling, called him No Future Riso, uh, and uh, had Snooks on the show. Snooks gave his rebuttal, and enough was enough, so I called Christian in the studio with me now. Hey, what's up? I'm here. He's here. He's Begrudgingly. He, I, begrudgingly. I, I know you're not happy, but I, no. listen, I appreciate it. Like, life is too short. I only did because you're a friend, Chris. I know, and I appreciate it, man. I, I know like my listeners want to, to get this kind of uh, closure. Because also in the studio, face to face, for the first time ever, I think. Well, I got to say this too. You know, it's something I've been carrying around for you know a better part of twenty years. Right. You know. Yeah, and, and you, you don't want to walk around with this sort of thing because life is too short. Uh, so let me, let me explain that I have Christian here, and also was able to track down Loan Officer Snooks, who's got a real uh, we used to call it the poo poo face, Jay. That we, you know, if you had to lose a wrestling match, you'd call it the, Snooks. You got a real poo poo face. Do you not want to be here with uh, with Jay Riso right now with with Christian? Me, I'm really, I'm, I'm so not happy right now. Me, that I have to sit here with, with, with me, with me, with me, with me, with me, with with Jay Riso. And well, I only came in here because I, I, I was expecting some sort of restitution, some sort of uh, apology. Uh, Jay Riso, me, me, me. I, I, I'm, I'm just so, I'm just so, just so just flustered right now. You know something. I don't really want to sit in the. <laughs> I know you're really mad, Jay. Uh, we, we can call you Jay. We all know Jay is Christian. Well, I, listen to the thing. It's not even that I'm mad. It's, it's more that I'm disappointed. You know, to see what Snooks has become—the sniveling, whining—you know, shell of his former self. You know, he used to call me and actually intimidate me. Now oh, sitting wow. there, you know, it's like obviously no future Snooks. Me, 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 me. Listen, Rizzo. Sometimes you have to admit when you're wrong and say, I told you no future Rizzo. Me. And now I have to walk the streets of Mitomito, Ontario, with people calling me no future Snooks. Me, knowing that maybe, me, 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 knowing that maybe I made the wrong uh, decision and, and judged you wrongly. But I have a point to make, and I'm going to say it again, and I will stand to it until the day I die. What's, what's your point, Snooks? The point is this. You took a loan. From the Ontario government to go through school and you spend it on wrestling. That is against the law, Mr. Rizzo. That is out of line, Mr. Rizzo. That is wrong, Mr. Reno. Can I talk now, Mr. Snooks? You have the form. 
Well, here's the thing. This is where you're wrong. Because, see, I actually did get my education. I did graduate from college. The portion that I took was what I was using for food and rent. So that actually, you know, I didn't eat much that semester. I actually right. was pretty much starving. So I, I got my education. So I, I suffered in other areas. So I, I'm not sure, you know, wh- where this anger is coming from. Well, in the long run, too, Jay, you actually, okay, so you, you spent some of that money on wrestling, on the wrestling school. Right. Ron Hudson, and, and became a huge star in wrestling. Oh, a huge star. Seriously, two-time world champion. Yeah, one of the biggest ever. I mean, one of the biggest ever. Paul, I mean, I would say first ballot Hall of Famer, second well, ballot tops. No, it's like one and a, like, is there one and a half ballot? Like, first and a half ballot, like yeah. a year like, and like, six months yeah. after. You'll if probably, it's like a week year, I may sneak in on the first ballot. Okay, so right, right. right. So, okay, right. So like Coco Beware and uh, James <laughs> Dudley, the chauffeur, Vince's chauffeur in it, you would sneak Clarence in. Clarence Mason. But Clarence Mason is in there. So, But the point being is that you, you made your point. You did a great job. So you took some money to, to gamble on your future, and you made it. So Snooks, what is your problem with this? Why are you still holding this grudge? Uh, against Jay Riso. Why are you so angry, Snooks? You should be proud of him. You knew him when he was a nobody. You knew him when, when he just started. The problem is this, Nero. And I'm saying this because you brought me in here as some kind of smear camp, me, smear camp, me, smear campaign. The problem is I admire Mr. Riso. What? And deep down inside, I always wished I was Mr. Riso. I wish I would have followed my dream, my dream, my dreams. Like Jay Rizzo did. I was there, Jay Rizzo, when you got inducted to the Orangeville Hall of Fame. I was there, Jay Rizzo, when you received your award from the mayor of Orangeville telling you that you're one of the greatest citizens in Orangeville history. I was there, Jay Rizzo. You were inducted to the Orangeville Hall of Fame? Well, myself and, and Edge, we, we both were. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah Orangeville, Ontario, the city where you grew up right. in. You right. and Edge were inducted into the Orangeville Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice little deal. That's pretty. So, so, so when yeah. was that? That was like, uh, I don't know, in June. Okay, in June, so yeah. just recently. Yeah, it was pretty recent. Now, do you know anybody else that's in the Orangeville Hall of Fame? Um, well, I mean, there's some local celebrities. Uh, there was uh, Fergie Oliver, I think, is in yeah, there. Fergie. <laughs> now, there's, uh, yeah, you know, there's just, the list is too long, and, and uh, we don't have that kind endless of time, list, so, you right? Know, but you, uh, you guys were inducted, so oh, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, we're enshrined. Enshrined forever, forever. The statue, like a rocky statue yeah. in Philly, of you yeah. and Adam yeah. in Orangeville and Snooks. You were actually there. Yes, I was there to, to pay my respects to Mr. Rizzo because I feel bad and I have to say something else. I was out of line when I challenged you to a, a student loan on a pole match because I don't think I could challenge you. You're a big man. You're you're, you're very. You got big muscles. But you still owe the, the, the province of Ontario 173 meat, 170 meat, 170 meat, 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 $773 for, for your student loan. That is a true fact, Mr. Rizzo. Well, I have received some notices in the mail, I'm not going to lie. But Snooks, here's the problem. I don't have it. And uh, it's a little embarrassing to say. Can we do this? Can I pay you the $15 for the first month? And then sign you an 8x10? Would that work? Let me just say this. This is, uh, this is, this is such a, a weight off my back after 28 days. Because I was a big fan of you. I watched you when you went to Tony Candelo. When you, when you were the, the Christian cage. When you were the male nurse. And you, you were Christian in the brood. 
Christian, and it Christian, and then you suddenly you're Christian, Christian, now you're me, on me, me, on your own. Did you sing the lyrics? I, I sang them every night in my house. I, your voice is so great. Thank you. Christian, me, Christian, me, me, on your me, own. I've been a fan of yours for many years, and this has got completely out of control. All I want to do is just be a friend. I would, when people, when I walk down the street and people say, you are no, no future snooks, I would like to say, no, you stop right there, sir. I have a future. I have a friend. I have a me. I have a me. I have a friend. His name is Dave Rizzo. And we are, we are, we are pals for life. And if you can tell me, I would, I would love an 8x10 signed by you to me. The thing is, I think the whole reason why I brought the whole story up on Talk is Jericho on our Christmas podcast is because I've been carrying it around with me for so long. And I think that, you know, your, your tough love, so to speak, you know, really drove me to succeed. And I think deep down, that's what you wanted it to do. And it wasn't about the student loan. It wasn't about the interest that I owe now. So let's just forget about that interest. Let's just throw it to the side because now I want to be the one to motivate you. It's not too late for you, Snooks. You can do all the things that you wanted to do. You can break that mold. You don't have to be no future snooks. You can be anything you want to be, and I want you to start today, right now. I can have a future? You can have the brightest future that you've ever wanted. You can stop driving that Pinto. You can get out of that cubicle. You can break those doors down. You can break the walls down, if you will. You can be anything you want, snooks. Hey, Mr. Rizzo, you just... I just want to give you a big hug right now. Can I give you a hug, please, Mr. Me? Mr. Me? Mr. Me? Mr. Rizzo? Uh, well, what about that interest that I owe? Forget it. Forget everything. This is life-changing. Let's hug it out. Wow. Snooks and Jay, Riso, Christian, big hug right now. Snooks crying. Take a tissue, Snooks. Take a tissue. Uh, this is a monumental night here no, on Talk I, is Jericho. No, it's, it's therapeutic. And uh, I feel good about it. I feel good how it's ended. I feel good that we can, you know, after so many years, we can just kind of brush this all away, you know, sweep it under the rug and we can just start with a clean slate and we can, you know, I feel like I've made a, a, new, a, a lifelong friend with Snooks. It's a real Oprah moment right now. Yeah. Snooks, you're going to get a Christmas card from me this year, my friend. I just want to end this and say, I paid my dues time after time. Amazing the mistake has made us feel Has made us down in the state of your world And I'll never leave you Wait, 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 I got one I'm down and you're gonna say famous All right, good to see that Christian and Snooks were able to hug it out. A nice uh, Oprah moment, which is now known as a Jarek Oprah moment. Uh, very, very cool to see that. Finally, both guys feeling better. I feel better, don't you? Um, congratulations to those guys for manning up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Chris Jericho. On the line with me right now, one of my favorite guitar players from one of the best bands in rock and roll history, Matthias Yabs from the Scorpions is here. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. How are you? It's great to talk to you, and it's funny. I grew up in, uh, in Canada, in Winnipeg, Canada, and of course not having any idea how to pronounce German names. My whole life I always thought your name was Matthias Jabs. And then the first time I went to Germany, everyone told me, no, it's Matthias, Matthias. So I'm glad I'm finally getting to pronounce it properly. Yes, that's great. I mean, I, uh, in the, the first couple of years, we were over there in, in North America, so to speak, U.S. and Canada. I, I got used to it. Oh, I yeah. myself Matthias Japs after a while. <laughs> everybody was pronouncing it like this. You weren't sure what your name was after a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that just shows the appeal of the Scorpions. I mean, you guys had a worldwide appeal pretty much right from the start, especially since when you joined the band in 79 on. And, I mean, things were different back in those days. I think the Scorpions were the first, you know, real German band that anybody in North America had ever really heard. You know what I mean? As far as being yes. a band of that big, uh, of that big stature. Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's uh, still today. It's basically, I mean, they, we have Rammstein now from yes. Germany. Uh, they're different, though. But, uh, you know, it's, it, there's nobody else in, in sight. And it was a, for us, it was a fantastic time when we were touring for the very first time in 79. Our very first show ever was in Cleveland at the Municipal Stadium, which they have torn down, meanwhile. Yes. But uh, we played something like 10.30 in the morning. It was a festival situation. It was like, I think the stadium held uh, 70,000 people, <laughs> and there were maybe just about 25,000 to 30,000 in the stadium. Right. And we started playing. And we were supposed to play like 30 minutes as the opener. And we played and played and played. And the people were going, oh, production manager, okay, it's 35 minutes, it's 40 minutes. You know, yeah. they, they keep playing. So they threatened us to pull the plug. The problem was our English wasn't good enough. We didn't even understand what they were talking about. So we kept playing. And I remember we had, uh, I think Joe Perry was listening because Aerosmith was on the bill. They were headlining, co-headlining with Ted Nugent at the time. ACDC was there. Thin Lizzy, a great, great lineup. And uh, Neil Sean from Journey. Right. They all came, they all got up early to see the Scorpions in the morning because they had heard about us, like rumors, but nobody had ever seen us live. And this was the very first show ever in the States. And you guys just kept playing. Well, let, yeah. Let's, playing. let's jump into this. I mean, that was right when you joined the band. The Scorpions had, you know, 10, 15 years of, of, you know, recordings. It was more of a European thing that time. But it seems like when you came in the band in 79, that's when, that's when the U.S. success uh, started for the Scorpions. <clears throat> yeah. how, did, how did you end up coming into the band and how hard was it having these giant, uh, you know, na shoes to fill in Uli John Roth and Michael Shankar? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that easy, of course. I mean, I won the audition. They auditioned in London, like uh, 140 guitar players. Oh, wow. And um, I made it, though. And, uh, I mean, Michael, he was just there for the very first album because he, uh, in 72, Lonesome Crow, mm -hmm. um, and then he went to U of O. So his influence in the Scorpion is not that great. Right. Uh, but Uli... He was like, yeah, those were like big footsteps to, to fill. Mm -hmm. and, um, but Uli and I, we grew up in the same neighborhood outside of Hanover, Germany. And I went to school with his younger brother, uh, Johan. And oh. uh, so we knew each other. I knew Uli and we played guitar together 
before he joined the Scorpions in 73, I believe. Okay. And so, you know, there was a, he, he told me he's going to leave. And so I was aware of that. And then when Rudolf called me and said, you know, should we, uh, you know, do you, would you like to, to jam with us? You know, I sensed already that they were probably looking for a new guitar player, but they didn't tell me. So uh-huh. we just played, and you know. So then, but then a couple of days later, they called me and said, "Okay, you are the one." And uh, yeah, it, I mean, I think since I joined, uh, we have more like a an identifiable sound, you know, a recognizable yes. sound. We have this Scorpion sound now. And before it was more like two different styles within one band, only towards Hendrix and the Scorpions trying to find their style. Yeah. And so I think that made it more accessible for everybody around the world, especially in the U.S. Yeah, I agree. There was a little bit more of, like you said, kind of that, that Hendrixy, bluesy, psychedelic type of yeah. a style uh, in the 70s and then when you came in. But when you came in, didn't Michael Shankar also kind of join at the same time? Wasn't there three guitar yeah. players? Yeah, during the recordings of Love Drive mm-hmm. uh, in uh, <clears throat> like the fall of 1978, Yes. Um, Michael was on his honeymoon in Germany, and he was a bit like in a weird stage back then. So he he uh, decided once being back in Germany that he wanted to split with UFO. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, him and, and the singer always had problems. Right. And uh, and so Rudolf thought, oh, okay, you know, my brother is around. And Michael was more popular than the, all of the Scorpions together at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he uh, said, you know, okay, do you, you want to play a few tracks? And then since he had decided I'm not going to play with U of O anymore, obviously there was the, the option, okay, maybe we could get Michael, mm-hmm. which I understood because, you know, they're brothers and he was popular and stuff. So we finished the album. You know, we had most of it recorded already, but he came in for three tracks to play like leads on, so yes. that his name was on the album. And then they said, okay, you know, we would like to do with Michael. I said, fine. Mm-hmm. They went on tour, but he called me like three weeks later. I said, you know, I'm not going to the show tonight. Do you want to play? <laughs> that was in Cologne. I was in Hanover. I said, oh, no, that's not how we're going to do it here. <laughs> and I was going to go with my girlfriend to an island in the north of Germany, I said, you know what? I'm leaving. You right. know, you, you tell the guys, I, have them call me, but you can't you know, just call me and yes. say, okay, I'm not showing up tonight. <laughs> so, you know, I left it. The show was canceled, by the way. He did, really didn't show up. And then they asked me to, they flew me in with a helicopter from that little island where there are no cars. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like in, in wintertime, in February, I think. Uh-huh. It, was, uh, it, uh, it was interesting. And uh, then... Um, you know, I, I finished the German tour, but I still said, okay, if I have the feeling you basically want to play with Michael, then go for it. But I help you out for the German dates because they were like, you know, well sold and, you know, I didn't want to create any damage for anybody, mm-hmm. even though it w- wasn't my fault. But then, okay, then he came back for some French dates and then, you know, he just left again. Mm-hmm. And then they called me and said, yeah, now it's for, for real, it's for good. And, uh, then, you know, since then, we are a band. And the good thing is, for, because they had, you know, they were to Japan before. They had, like, a history of a couple of years in, in Europe. But when we came to the States for the first time in 79, I think it was in July, mm-hmm. um, it was the first time for all of us, which oh. made it, like, equal. You know, yes. I didn't have to, to listen to 
uh, oh, we've been here before. You know, they, <laughs> they were not that experienced. They were very small bet at the yes. time. But you, you hear, okay, we're going to, to London. Oh, we played London three times already, you know, and yeah. it was my first time. But in the States, nobody could say that. It was equal for everybody. So that was good. It, and it also helped to all of us to come closer together. You guys pretty much grew up together in the States, basically. Yes, yeah, yes. We spent most of the time in the states. Yeah, so, sometimes on the, the crazy world tour, we, because it was extended. Yes, we we spent nine months without a break touring the states only. Wow, I know. Well, and it, then the tour altogether went like for two years or something. Well, I, yeah, and like I said, and it was Canada too, because growing up, you know, once again I mentioned kind of in small town Canada. I mean, Scorpions, you guys were there every every tour, every album, and it's, it seems like yes. you had a real great fan base in Canada. Uh, and you worked on it, and you made that. Like a lot of bands didn't come up to Canada at that point in time, but Scorpions always did. Yeah, you said you were from Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember the uh, one of the um, like a great hockey player who played for our local team here in Hanover. Uh-huh. They called the Hanover Scorpions. They named themselves after us. Oh, okay. Uh, his name is what is it? Joe West. Okay, really. Joe, he played uh, many, many years. Now he's, he's too old to play now, but he, he came from Winnipeg, and uh, there's a, I think there's a sizable German community there, or at least a lot of Germans. There is, yeah. Winnipeg. There's a lot of Germans, especially in the outskirts of, of Winnipeg, in places like Selkirk, etc. So, I mean, yeah. it was it was a great place for, for. I mean, a lot of rock and roll fans too. Winnipeg's a great rock town, you know. But, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so once you get into the Scorpions, now you don't have to worry about Michael Shankar coming in and out. You guys do uh, Animal Magnetism record, and one of your signature tunes, as far as whenever I think of you, is the Zoo and the Talk Box solo that you played. Was that your idea? I mean, it's a famous, famous solo. Did you come up with that idea? Yes. Yes, I came up with the idea. The zoo had a very, uh, like very uh, like creepy atmosphere almost. Mm-hmm. And um, to, in order to enhance this, I thought, okay, what do I going to play as an overdub in, in guitar? What kind of sounds can I find? And then I had, I had the, the talk talks came to my, sometimes, you know, you don't know why this idea comes up. It just comes to you. <laughs> That's right. And, and then, uh, you know, I thought, talk box. So I went out, bought a talk box, tried it out, and everybody went, great. You know, a little <laughs> reverb on it. And, and it, it, it enhanced the atmosphere going down 42nd Street in New York City, which, you know, was the, the street, like, you know, with all the bumps. And it was like the... Uh, the filthy street. Yes, it, it really enhanced that atmosphere, and that was uh, that was a good decision. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Forty Second Street was like, like a the signature re- sound for that song. Absolutely, Forty Second Street was like the Reaper Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Did you, had you heard anybody play the talk box before? I can think of Peter Frampton doing it on Frampton Comes Alive, but other than yeah. that, I can't think of any other talk box guys at uh, that time. Peter Frampton was yeah the guy uh, you know which you connected with the talk box back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Joe Walsh also plays talk box oh. some songs of his own, like his solo albums before he uh, yeah. joined the Eagles. He has some some talk box sounds there. Other than that, uh, nothing comes to my mind. It wasn't used very often. It's not so easy to play. You know, it's like I had like one with a, with a huge driver in there. We converted it to something more powerful because they don't last very long. You know, if you play in the studio to try things out, yeah. 
then you know they 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 usually break after an hour or so in mm. life if it's only one song it lasts five minutes no problem yeah. you know then it cools down again and you can use it next day but in the studio it's a problem so we 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 transformed it to something more powerful but it had such like high air pressure that if you have like if your teeth are not 100 percent tight <laughs> you, you, know, you, you have a problem you have a problem to breathe actually because the pressure that comes out of that thing it goes right into your throat and you know you have to breathe through your nose and you have to modulate it and play guitar and you can't look down on your fretboard <laughs> you need to know what you're doing without looking you got to take talk box lessons if you want to learn how to do it properly absolutely yeah and you <laughs> annoy your neighbors with that thing that's right exactly exactly now um when the blackout record came out obviously that was kind of the first time where scorpions went through the roof uh, what what was it about the band that that finally clicked with with North American audiences around that album? Was it No One Like You, or was it was it Blackout, or what do you think it was? I think it was No One Like You in terms of being uh, one of the most played rock songs on radio. Mm-hmm. I think it was the most played one on rock radio. But at the time, one didn't make a difference between rock radio and this radio. And, yeah, you know, it was just radio. It was different, different times, yeah. And so that was, um, it made us popular. But I think songs like uh, Blackout or Dynamite, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the powerful ones, the high energy ones, yeah. I think they, they did it to the fans. And um, like the, the, the hardcore fans. And uh, I mean, the, the tour... Uh, we started out supporting Rainbow with mm-hmm. Richie Blackmore and Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. And after only a few shows, it was also in Canada. We started in, it was like London, Kitchener, you know, those places in the, in the northeast, mm-hmm. uh, like very close to the American border, like Toronto and those places. Um, after a few shows, um, Richie Blackmore asked us if we could swap because when we played... Sorry to say this, but when we played, half of the audience left. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't good. He said they did tried to swap, <laughs> but they had their big rainbow as a like a production and the show element. Oh. And they wanted to keep that, of course. And we said we have nothing. We we are here as a support band. We have no production whatsoever. We have a backline. That's it. Mm-hmm. So we uh we 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 had to say cruelly no. <laughs> you know, we can't swap because, you know, you can't perform in front of us with a rainbow and then we are, you know, no lights, no nothing. Unless, so, unless but, you played Fly to the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. But, you know, that, that tour didn't last very long because we were, uh, as you said, like all of a sudden we were headlining status, at the headlining status, and then we... You know, we we had different support bands, and we went on our own, and when then we got a production together. Well, one of the, one of the most famous gigs of all time uh, around that time, but actually any time, was the US Festival in '83, yeah. which was kind of the tail end of the Blackout tour. Now, Van Halen, much uh, legendary Van Halen, was was on last, and then you know they got the big money, and that was the thing. But I just watched a DVD. I was at Airs in Tokyo, in Japan, which I'm sure you've been to. Which yeah. is the place where they have all the bootlegs that you can get, like any gig, any any time you can go there. And I got the US Festival, the whole thing, yeah. and Scorpions by far blew everybody else away. You guys stole the show that day with your energy and your connection to the crowd. And how? how tell us about the US Festival. I mean, some people say five hundred thousand people were there that day. Uh, I don't know, but we we have a number uh, like it's. it's I think it's even in the uh, double album uh, Worldwide Life. Uh, it says like three hundred and twenty-five thousand. You know, that was the the 
rough counting. My goodness. Uh, we, are, we are using images from the Astra, so we had our own camera team for the opening of this farewell tour because it's you hear the security people talking mm-hmm. they goes okay you know we are enough guys we got everything under control if something happens i don't want anybody to get hammered and that's what the guy <laughs> is saying to these people with the very short short pants <laughs> and then they open they open the gates and it's like a stampede yeah it's like a hundred thousand people are running, like, and, and these security people—they're they're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see any of them anymore. They—they're trampled, and um, so it was—it was an amazing atmosphere. And Van Halen's management said the Scorpions, you know, can't have any uh, effects on stage, mm. and that's why we decided, okay, if we can't have effects on stage. We take them from somewhere else. So we made the call to uh, these fighter jets, uh, these pilots, mm-hmm. and they were Scorpions fans. And so they, it was a bit illegal, I guess, because they were <laughs> flying over the crowd, like way too low. Yeah. So they, it was all timed. So they're up in the air, and then, okay, we got to wait two minutes. So we were standing beside the stage, and then, okay, now it's time. And then we were right now, this is all the way from Germany, and then the Scorpions, and <laughs> boom! You know, the, the timing was Perfect. We have that on film. You must have that there as well. Yes. The DVD. And then those five jets then disappear over the mountains, which we could see. And, you know, that was like they were on the horizon. And up until then, it was people, people, people everywhere. And there was a great show opening and nobody could say anything because it wasn't on stage. <laughs> so you guys actually uh, arranged for those jets to fly over the, yes. the, the yourselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. You know what's another great thing about that show, too, is like you said, you weren't allowed to have any, you know, quote-unquote production on stage, but you guys were so nuts. You were so crazy. I mean, the end of it, you guys are doing uh, Can't Get Enough, and I mean, you know, you're doing the human pyramid, and and, and Rudolph is upside down, you know, with his his neck and the neck of the flying V. I mean, you guys never, never, it never mattered if you had production because you were the show. Yeah, I know, I know. That was because we had nothing to bring. <laughs> you know, it, we, we usually they didn't give us any room on stage, you know, on those days when we were still a support band, but we made the best out of it. Also, we had so much energy, which was really the main, the main factor in our show mm-hmm. in, and also in our music. I mean, melody, but you, you have to have energy. Yes. And uh, I remember the Astros, we were just flown over to play that a few warm-up shows with uh, Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. And then we were coming out of the studio in Stockholm and we had just recorded, not finished, but we had just started the basic tracks for Rocky Like a Hurricane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had no idea what this would turn into. Yes. Did you know, though, that when you were doing Rocky Like a Hurricane, that it was going to be a big tune? I mean, just those chords are so powerful. Yeah, I mean, I uh, yes, I had a very good feeling. Same with No One Like You. When I heard it the first time or when we worked it out for the first time and it sound, started sounding good, I had the feeling, yeah, we, I think we have a hit here. Mm-hmm. You never know, though. You know, sure. There's no guarantee. And uh, with Rocky Like a Hurricane, I had a very similar feeling. But it was... Even more from like other people, like our American agent, Nick Harris, and other people heard it. They came to visit in the studio, and then they kept calling it. This is like, wow, you, you, got, a, you got something there. Yeah. Because when you are recording, you're sometimes too close to the forest to see the trees. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's something you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never know for sure, do you? We're talking to Matthias Japs, guitar player for the Scorps. Coming up. Is it really the end of the Scorpions? Matthias talks about the future of the band. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. We're here with Matias Jabs from the Scorpions. You guys uh, have such great chemistry as a band, Matias. How is it playing uh, guitar with Rudolf Shankar, who, in my opinion, is one of the greatest rhythm guitar players, not just in heavy metal, but in rock history? I mean, it, it, it's fantastic. We work great together because we are different in a way. That's right. Say, you know, he's really focusing mostly on uh, the rhythm parts, and, uh, you know, I have the freedom to for all the overdubs mm-hmm. and, and the solos, and, and so therefore we... We, we don't have to argue. We never do that. You know, I want to play the solo. No, I want to play that. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. You know, yeah. sometimes he plays his solo in a slower song, and that's fine with me. I'm happy if he comes up with an idea. The rest, he knows I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. and it's fine with him. And so it works great. It works excellent. That's a great partnership. Now, yeah. you know, um, Love It First Thing comes out. Is, was, is that your biggest record to this day? Um, in terms of numbers, Crazy World sold more. Really? Yeah. I guess maybe cause... not in the states. Love it first thing is, I think four, four and a half million. Mm-hmm. I mean, numbers you can forget today. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But Crazy World, I think sold worldwide something like nine million. Oh, I guess probably because of winds of change, right? Yeah, with wind of change, it's like it was number one in fourteen countries or something stupid, and it sold a lot. Um, See, and. That... and uh, that's but in, in terms of rock album, I think Love It First Thing is, for most people, is considered our, like, the rock album. But Crazy World did very well. Crazy World, yeah, it was kind of a, it was almost, um, not a comeback, but when you talk about how great and how huge Love It First Thing was, yeah. uh, I think I think Crazy World was kind of the next step with that. But uh, yeah. you, you're talking about, you know, we, we mentioned your Crazy World being, or, or Winds of Change being number one in 14 countries, and then we're talking about, you know, Worldwide Live, which is another classic record uh, recorded all around the world. Scorpions have such a worldwide appeal. Uh, what countries are you, do you feel you're the biggest in? Wow, that's hard to say. Um, I mean, we are pretty big almost everywhere to mm-hmm. begin with, mm-hmm. and um, it's like there's a certain, like, craziness in in smaller countries like greece like it's like uh, the people say we are adopted you know <laughs> by the greek they they say you know scorpions are from germany but they are our band or in russia they're crazy in mexico mm-hmm. i mean the states everywhere too but in mexico it's more like these people are really nuts <laughs> you know if it comes to scorpion shows and you know Monterey or wherever we Hermosillo, see or we play in, in all apart from Mexico City, of course. Yes. All kinds of places and uh, Brazil. Brazil, we are super popular in Brazil in in all of South America. Mm-hmm. We played in Bolivia, the highest football stadium in the world. It's wow. uh, in, I can only tell you in meters. It's three thousand six hundred. 36 is a 3636 meters high which like in terms of feet like triple it <laughs> and right, it, yeah. it, that, that's the the place where brazil and argentina are losing like six nothing because uh-huh. they're out of breath <laughs> right in, in the second half at least you know we landed at an airport with our uh, plane and we had the, the, the you know equipment 
band crew, we had a, a big plane on the South American tour. Mm -hmm. We are landing on this airport, but in order to leave, we, uh, because the air is so thin, the plane couldn't take off. We had to have another plane, a second one, <laughs> that was flying the equipment down to, or part of the equipment, down to Veracruz, which is like, you know, sea level. Yes. And then the, the other plane with the people took off because, you know, air thin, otherwise can't take off if, if too heavy. And then landing in Veracruz as well, then it was loaded back into the big plane and then we went on. Like stuff like that. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, people down there too are, are like you said, it's crazy. It's almost like Beatlemania when you go to South America, uh, kind of following you guys around and just going crazy yes. with the hotels and everything. Yeah, but, that's to say, you know, you, you, yeah, everywhere. You know, that's. Uh, but you find it also in uh, in Eastern Europe. I mean, in places like let's say the, the states, especially like a place like New York or Los Angeles mm -hmm. or Chicago, where they, they've seen everything. Mm -hmm. Same like in Germany, you know, you wouldn't find, you always have a couple of people, but you, know, you wouldn't find like people hanging all night in front of the hotel. Yeah. But, um, but in, in certain countries, like if it's like Romania or Bulgaria, those Eastern European countries, they're still a bit, little bit behind. They haven't seen everybody, and they're so crazy about us. Or Moldavia, it's like a national event. It's a small country. We played in a football stadium to 35,000 people. Wow. It's sold out. I mean, the, the stadium isn't bigger because it's small country, small town. And uh, they have like 2 million people. But 35,000 show up to a, a rock show. So... It's, um, it's amazing. You know, it's like a national event almost when we are coming. You so know, that's, that's kind of funny. To think about it, Matthias, I mean, there's not a lot of bands that have been around as long as the Scorpions has, have, have been around and have the, the fan base. I mean, what is it about the Scorpions that have made you such a worldwide iconic band to this day? I mean, it's never waned. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we tried. For us, uh, it's, it's, like, it's almost like a, a great adventure to travel the world, to visit uh, countries and strange places. When the Scorpions played uh, between like Alaska, Hawaii, uh, all the regular places you can imagine, but we also played in, uh, you know, from Malaysia to, uh, to the Philippines to uh, New Caledonia. <laughs> and New Caledonia is somewhere like, next to New Zealand. It's a French territory. It's a beautiful island. We played at two shows in a, a like great amphitheater, maybe like 6,000 people each mm -hmm. night. And it was fantastic. And uh, so I haven't heard about New Caledonia before we played there. But, you know, some place like Northern Africa, Morocco, we played in, uh, we play in Israel. And we play a couple of days later, we play in Egypt. You need two different passports in order to do this because they oh, don't wow. like it if the stamp from the other country isn't there, you know. But yeah. even those, those uh, like uh, kind of like conflict countries, you know, we we play and the fans come from from Jordan. They come from everywhere, from Dubai, you know, the Arabian Emirates. We play there as well. How about when when the Berlin Wall came down and the Scorpions and Wind of Change was a pretty big part of that? I mean, that must that must have been from a historical standpoint, must have been quite an honor. It was amazing. I mean, we played, uh, we were part of the show, Roger Waters' The Wall, mm -hmm. and we played the opening song, and we played three songs uh, during the, the festival. Um, it was amazing. It was like 500,000 people, and uh, on the Potsdamer Platz, which now has like, you know, the seat is the Sony building. You can't even recognize it anymore. Yeah, but back it then, it was like a, like a no man's land, so mm -hmm, to speak, mm -hmm. between East and West. And that's where the the show took place. Um, Wind of Change 
uh, wasn't even finished then, I think, because Wind of Change uh, was written before the Berlin Wall came down, but then, you know, we recorded it, and when it came out, I don't think we, you know, we, we didn't play it at that show at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it became a hit a little bit later, but it was written before. That is the interesting part. Yeah. And uh, so, but definitely, uh, like, a moment to remember, and Roger Waters uh, invited Klaus and myself to the presentation of that video uh, in New York on the aircraft carrier Nimitz. Mm. They had like a great presentation there. That was, that was cool. So we were flying in from Germany to New York and then being there when it was presented. That was a very cool thing. So many amazing things that have gone on through the years. How, how was the 90s for the Scorpions? You know, Hard Rock kind of took a big hit in the 90s. Were you guys still pretty, pretty uh, well off? During that yeah, time, I mean, we were um, first. We were in a good position because when uh, in 1991, we were touring with Crazy World, which was like the biggest selling album of yes. our catalog. And so that you know, we had a lot of um, like tailwind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, it got more difficult. We were recording with Bruce Fairbairn up in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, face the heat at that famous little mountain sound studio. That tour went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in the mid-90s, when like grunge and alternative were becoming very big and all of a sudden the 80s rock was kind of a old-fashioned, yeah. outdated. Passé, you know, right. It, you know, everybody in the business was like, you know, yeah. they're telling you this. And then, of course, as a musician, you're sensitive and you go, ugh. So <laughs> you, 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 get, you get influenced by this. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to. And so the the album in the, which we recorded in the late nineties was the, the, like the only album I don't like at all. Would that be Eye to Eye? Yeah, yeah. That was like maybe today. I, looking back, I call it the best mistake we ever made because <laughs> we 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 managed to turn around and and find our own path again. But there you can you can when you listen to that album, then you know we were like disorientated and confused mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and we didn't really make Scorpions music. It was something else. And the fans, you know, they didn't appreciate it. And uh, But they told us, and it was a good thing. So we, we turned around and found our way way back in. Well, and, and you mentioned the fans, and I know the idea a couple of years ago when you guys announced that this was the farewell tour. I mean, is it that easy? I mean, are you still, is this still kind of in the middle of the farewell tour? Or are, I mean, yeah, the farewell tour basically is over. And we, we and you're still here, but, but we we didn't really manage to play in all the countries where we wanted to say bye bye. Yeah, so like Japan, Korea, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, th- those are missing. And um, so there's a few shows we haven't even played in England, and we haven't played in Spain on this tour yet. So that's why we played two shows in Madrid uh, early March. Now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first shows for this year. So we we're gonna play a few shows in countries where we haven't been. We play some of those projects, like our crossover thing uh, with orchestras, you know, yes. the Moment of Glory thing. And then we're going to present the MTV Unplugged. So we have that now. Play a few shows in Germany and later on uh, this year in France and, and, and in Europe. Are we seeing the end of the Scorpions or is this going to be something where you guys just maybe do some festival shows or, or when you're done, is it done? Uh, I mean, we, we don't know how to stop this. To I know, honest. right? You can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's easier to to build up a band, mm-hmm. to start a band and then build it up, <laughs> than it is to stop. Because, you know, it's like a huge 
like a train or, or like a huge ship that you know that if you hit the brakes nothing happens because, right you know it, it's just moving forward and uh, and you know first of all we have so much fun playing live or even going to the studio you know we want to finish some of those um, leftovers from uh, Blackout Love at First Sting and uh, turn them to, you know, they, we found oh. some really cool material and we're going to finish it. We started already a year ago and we have some uh, basic tracks done mm -hmm. and we're going to like finish a few more and maybe write some new material. But these are very cool ideas which didn't make it onto the album. If you look back, an album had eight or nine songs. That's right maximum like 39 minutes because otherwise the sound was like iffy mm -hmm. and so today you have 15 16 songs for a cd and so we had a lot of songs written but you could only put so many on an album and so that's why they were never really finished but now we can finish them and um since Rudolf found the band in uh, 1965 and named it the scorpions you know as a school band that's insane um Next year is 2015, so it would be, if we take that date, it would be 50 years of Scorpions, and we could release that album with like the things from the past, which we do in a new way now. That's something that's funny. I think that Rudolph started the band in 65, Scorpions. I think that was kind of a, a knockoff on the Beatles, right? Like That's why he chose Scorpions? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah, because the bands were called, like the British bands were called Hollies, Rattles, yeah. Beatles, and Stones, and, and whatever, the Monkeys, and uh, the Monkeys were American, but the Faces, and, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, of course. The Scorpions. Course. Those were the days when the band's names <laughs> were these so-and-sos. That's right. Now, when you guys are, are talking about playing nowadays, how is the energy level on stage? I mean, you guys are, are, are like you said, 50 years of doing this. How How is the energy? Is it still as, as, as wild as it always was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, maybe not as crazy as when we were like uh, at the S festival. 20s, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, we still uh, were doing the pyramid last year. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we we brought that back out because as a yeah, as a little mocker, uh, but you know, we still <laughs> able, able to do that. Maybe not so much like in uh, the stage in the uh, at the S festival. Yeah, like hanging with his head upside down. Yes, yeah. <laughs> maybe the... not that part. <laughs> You know, because he's worried about his hairdo. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> At least he shaved but, his mustache. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, energy is great. How is Klaus's voice? Is he still uh, still oh. cranking it out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I must say, him and Ronnie James Steele, wow. those were the two singers, you know, you can really rely on. Yeah. There's, like, you know, not like a weak moment, and Klaus knows how to prepare well now. We don't do five shows in a row anymore, mm -hmm. which was like in the old days, you know. Singers didn't know how to treat their most valuable part, the, vo the vocals, you know, the voice. That's right. They were just not warming up, just singing and screaming mm -hmm. very high. And uh, so that has changed a little bit, and he knows how to, how to prepare, and uh, that's, uh, you know, that's good, because otherwise... Yes. You know, you don't know how long a tour is going to last because it's, it's stupid for the fans, for the band. Every show gets canceled just because the singer can't sing. That's exactly right. Like you said, it's not like a guitar where you just have to tune it. A voice, yeah, exactly. you have to be very careful. Two, two last questions, Matthias. Who is your favorite uh, guitar player when you were growing up? When I was growing up, I actually, I listened, um, my favorite is, is of all times, is Jimi Hendrix, you know, without a doubt. He's the one with, because I play guitar, I heard all along the Watchtower on the radio, and I was infected. I was poisoned, so to speak. <laughs> I went like, this is what I want to do. And I had to ask in my class, I was like 12 years old, I had to ask, what kind of instrument is this? 
<laughs> the guy answered electric guitar. Okay, that tells you how much idea I had. But then, you know, I got a guitar, and uh, so Hendrix influenced me the most, even though I don't sound like him. Yeah. And, but I listened also a, a lot to Johnny Winter. Oh, he's underrated, I think, as a player. Absolutely. I mean, he's a great slide player, but he's a great player in general. In general, the uh, live album Johnny Winter End with Rick Derringer, mm -hmm. fantastic. I have to get it again. You know, I have my vinyls in the warehouse yeah. because I don't have a turntable connected. The reason is I have a great one, but the reason is it, you don't find an amplifier which has the, the right impedance for a turntable. It's getting harder, yeah. Although they are coming back now because a lot of people I are know. really into vinyl more than anything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, oh, yeah. By the way, the MTV Unplugged thing, the first time we have a triple vinyl because they, they're, they're producing oh. vinyl here as well. But since it's such a long show, it's not a double album. It's a triple album and it's heavy. So it's the first time I ever have seen a triple album, and we are—it's uh, our first triple, that's for sure. Oh yeah, no, and that's—I <laughs> still the love this item over here. <laughs> what yeah. is what is your favorite uh, song still to play live to this day, and your favorite solo that you still love to 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 burn out? I would say "Rocky Like a Hurricane." That's the one, right? Yes. I mean, I'm sure gets the biggest reactions from the crowd too. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and it's it's always fun to play it. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, the guitar, uh, you cannot just uh, do it by the way. It's challenging. You know, you have to really focus on it and, and do it right. And then it comes across right. And then it's fun to play and the people love it. For the actual solo or the riff or both? You know, I play the, the, the intro melody and, yes. and the solo and uh, everything else too. But uh, this is the, the stuff that is challenging. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, Matthias, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, MTV Unplugged is the new Scorpions record. Uh, it's out. All of the greatest Scorpions tunes played uh, with uh, on acoustic. And, of course, there's a couple new songs, too, that you guys just busted out specifically for this record. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we picked songs we had never performed live. Uh -huh. uh, like a song like, like Passion Rules of the Game, for example, from Savage Amusement. Or, uh, you know, they have a new arrangement, like No One Like You, Big City Nights. You know, it's, it's a whole yeah. new arrangement. Rocky Like Arrogant is a whole new arrangement. Uh -huh. Then we have, um, you know, songs like, well, some people might even not know, like Born to Touch Your Feelings is a song mm -hmm. uh, where the river flows. Those are like... Rock and Roll Band. Yes, yeah, that's a brand new one. Yeah. Or, or especially um, Dancing with the Moonlight. Mm -hmm. That's uh, like a, almost like a radio hit around here. Okay. Yeah, and then what else do we have? And then, the, yeah, the newly written ones, you know, where I play this instrumental, Delicate Dance, and it's just me and the rest of the band, Klaus and Rudolf are leaving the stage. Then it's Rudolf singing a song. Oh, Klaus and I are not there. And then it's Klaus by himself with a guitar. So it's the first time Rudolf singing. I'm playing the instrumental and, and Klaus is uh, playing for the first time like guitar and singing on stage. So we both, all three have our like solo spots <laughs> in the middle of the set. That, that was something new and it came across very well. It's a different side of, of the Scorpions, and like yes. I said, Matthias, it's, it's great to talk to you, man, and, and I hope the Scorpions continue on uh, for as long as, as you guys can, because we don't want to see a world without the Scorps at this point. Okay, great. Thank you so much, <laughs> and uh, I'm there. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you, uh, you talking to me today. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, talk to you later. Okay, okay bye.
I want to say thanks to Matthias Jabs from the Scorpions. Thanks to all of you for being here. Thanks to Christian and Snooks for working out their differences. And thanks for uh, checking out the new Fozzie record. Do You Want to Start a War? Ended up being number one on the rock iTunes charts and the metal iTunes charts in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Australia. Big thanks to all of you who checked it out. If you haven't, go pick it up now. Support your boys. Support the band. Support Y2J. Fozzie's going out on the road in September with Theory of a Dead Man. Um, also, forgot to mention this Saturday, we will be at Syracuse at the K-Rockathon, uh, the big rock festival in Syracuse. So come check us out there and see Fozzie rock out. We're going to be playing some new tunes, some old tunes. You will have a blast. I promise. I guarantee it. And thanks to all of you who've been doing your online shop through any of my Amazon links. Totally helps out the show. Helps me out too. Really easy to find. Just go to podcast1.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links. Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and everybody's going out. I'm not even going to bother. My voice is too shot. Amazon USA. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for a a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done. You're helping me out in the process. All right, that's it. In the meantime and in between time, another edition of Talk is Jericho. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. We'll see you Friday. We're going to go back to the supernatural, super amazing, scary, creepy show with UFO expert Peter Robbins. We're talking alien abductions. We're talking uh, alien invasions. We're talking everything UFO. And I ain't talking about Pete Mogg. All right. Peter Robbins, he's got some stories to tell. You will be creeped out. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, uh, yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, Leanne. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Why, in your professional opinion, do you never take my calls off the air? Is this Carl? Yep, it's Carl. I mean, we had a few dates. Everything was great, I thought. Uh... Well, you know, when you switch to GEICO, you could save a lot of money on car insurance. Okay, awesome. You should call them. I will. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Syria Peace Talks? I'm Ben Thomas with an AP News Minute. Syrian rebels have rejected peace talks being proposed by Russia. They're accusing Moscow of failing to pressure its ally, President Bashar Assad, to end the conflict. Christmas may be over, but the shopping isn't. Hazel Ginn was at Macy's Herald Square in New York today. It's not too bad. Um, even we went up to the ninth floor and we managed to get in a queue of about four deep, so not bad. Yeah, yeah and then we went to another one and it was only a couple, so we kind of timed it well, I think. America's research group, which focuses on consumer behavior, projects holiday sales up about 5% this year. Harley-Davidson is placing a renewed emphasis on teaching people to ride as part of its efforts to attract more customers. The company is expanding the number of dealerships with the Harley Riding Academy. 
The move comes as the industry grapples with years of declining sales and an aging customer base. I'm Ben Thomas.